You are now listening to The Sooner Surge. Clear out! Clear out! Welcome back to The Sooner Surge, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners and host of T-Row in the Morning. Toby, thank you for joining us. It's an honor to be with you guys. I appreciate it. So at what point did you realize you wanted to be a sports broadcaster? Oh, man. You know, um, not until my sophomore year in college, I, uh, I've always been a sports dork for sure. I've, you know, I played everything growing up. I, I would listen to everything growing up. I would act like I was the radio announcer. I, I would always act like I was John Brooks in the back, my backyard and Mustang, Oklahoma, when I'd listen to OU football games on Saturday and and uh, call out Billy Sims high-stepping into the end zone. and I just eaten up by sports. Uh, my brother and I would make entire 64-team NCAA tournaments in our basement. We'd play it out on uh, our Dr. J goal that we had. And, nice. Um, I would release my top 25 college football rankings every Monday to my family. And somehow OU was always ranked number one whether they won or lost uh, the week before. but So I was eaten up by it, but I was an accounting major in college because uh, I was, you know, I was okay. I was pretty good in math, and I didn't know what else to, to do. And my sophomore year in college, the realization hit that I didn't think I wanted to do debits and credits for the rest of my life. And so I, I had that conversation with my dad, and I was a little worried because, you know, I was afraid he was going to say, listen, you're halfway through this thing. Let's stick it out. You're good at math. Um, and if he had, I'd probably be an accountant today. But he didn't. He said, well, what would be your dream job? And I said, the, the coolest job I could possibly imagine anybody having is being a sports broadcaster. But I have no idea how to do that. And he said, let's figure it out. I think that that might be what you were born to do. So uh, that's the moment. I mean, that's kind of the – I think maybe I always in the back of my head thought that would be the greatest job ever, but that was the moment I made the decision to go for it uh, when I was, I was at Southern Nazarene University and had a whole bunch of great professors and mentors and coaches that helped me along the way uh, realize that dream. Yeah, that's – Toby, that's awesome to hear because we got these high school guys on here. Are their dream is to you know follow in, in, along those lines, and it's great to hear someone. You know, my twin brother and I we're twins. I don't know if you can tell. I got the beard going, but yeah, we both grew up as OU fans, and you know, we both talked about being sports show hosts and things like that. And we never did, so it's great to see you know kids of ours. Or I'm a teacher, and Hunter's one of my students here in Sepulpa. But it's just great to hear you talk about. You had a dream, you chased after it, and you're living it out. But a question I have for you is, how do you balance, you know, all those things you do? You got all the traveling to the different sports with family life and things. It's a great question. It's um, it's not easy. I, to be honest with you, um, the life I had before this was harder. When I first, uh, you know, got into broadcasting, I was in local television for a decade. And I was working at the CBS affiliate Channel 9 in Oklahoma City. And that was great. I loved it. But it was, you know, if you get to, you know, kind of the 
top there, you're working the six and 10 o'clock news. And that means I'm working two to midnight, basically. And we had young kids. And so I was not able to catch a lot of ball practices and games and homework at bedtime and all that kind of stuff that, that a father's supposed to be involved in. And that was really hard. And this, I say that to say, yes, I travel a lot now. And there are weekends that I call games or have to go out of town on a Wednesday or whatever the case may be. But it's 10 times better than it used to be. So I'm home a lot. I'm doing this podcast from my house. I'm doing, I do my radio show every morning from my, my home studio. And uh, honestly, now my wife is like, isn't it about time for you to take another road trip? You've been around the house for a week and a half or so. So, I mean, but to be serious. It is uh, tricky. I think what you have to do, and, and whether you're in my profession or anybody's, what you have to do is when you're home, you're home. And it's real easy to be home and be thinking about work or working. You know, I'm home, but I've got my laptop open and I'm working. And, and you don't give your family and your wife and uh, your dogs and whatever the attention that they need and that you need to fortify yourself. You know, I'm, I'm going to get worn out in this job if I think about it 24 hours a day. And so when I'm home, I'm home. And at least I try to be, and they've got my hundred percent attention until it's time for me to go back to, to work or to my next road trip. Yeah. Toby, I know your dad's a pastor or was a pastor. Yeah. Um, still is. This Still is. Okay. How special was this last season with the Nebraska? Just how special was that for you and him? It's my favorite game uh, road trip. I think that I've taken and, and this is my 12th year in this role. Um, I, I mentioned growing up loving sports. It's in large part because I have a father who loves sports and he was my coach, my basketball and soccer coach in Mustang growing up. We watched games together. We golfed together. We fell in love with, or he introduced me to OU football, what I fell in love with, and he already did. Um, so he has had the opportunity through the years to be in the booth with us at OU, uh, maybe go on a baseball road trip with me. But this was different, you know. I think I lost you for a second. You guys got me back now? Yeah, we're back. So many of my memories are that OU Nebraska game and watching them with my dad. We never got to go to one, but, you know, we were glued to it like everybody else. So the opportunity to take him with me this year to Nebraska, to Lincoln, was special. To be in the booth with us um, was just great. And I surprised him. Uh, I don't know if you remember, we did a scene setter for that game when I talked about my dad, and um, he didn't know that was coming. And so I played it for him for the first time when we were driving up there, and he was crying, and I was crying, and I was afraid we were going to wreck the car because we were, we were both boohoo and driving up I-35. But it was special, you know, and I think that it's important. I think there's a lot of people in this business 
that get jaded and forget because they've been doing it for so long what a privilege it is to get to do what we do how special it is that we get paid to have the best seat in the stadium or in an arena and be the eyes and ears for an entire fan base and i don't want to ever get that way i hope i never get to where i take this for granted and certainly days days like that nebraska game um are what it's all about yeah so uh you you call yeah we yeah. got you jackson uh toby you call basketball football and baseball right that's right is there any one of those that you kind of enjoy more than the other like any differences that you like like or dislike with them i'm gonna i'm gonna uh i'm gonna cheat here because i get asked this question from time to time and they're all so different and i love them in in each of their differences uh basketball mm -hmm. is what i played and so basketball is the sport that comes most naturally to me the the verbiage uh, i understand better the coaching and the strategy and everything that's going into it it's just more natural to me because i grew up playing basketball i love how fast paced it is uh see it say it is what i tell my play-by-play -play students at ou there's not a lot of thinking that takes place when you call a basketball game it's just see it say it and the ball's moving so quickly and it's over in two hours and it's a rush and it's really hard to go to sleep afterwards because your brain's firing on all, all synapses and it's really cool uh baseball is completely different i think baseball is the hardest sport to do i also think that when baseball is done well is the best broadcast to listen to um sports broadcast uh it is hard to do a great baseball broadcast but if you can do it if you can get people to stay locked in with you for three and a half four hours sometimes on a game that might have 15 minutes of action in that four hours that's a trick and you've got to be able to tell stories to understand what the coaches are thinking, to be able to describe not just the pitch, but the ballpark, the temperature in the air, the clouds, the uniform colors, what the fans are doing. You got to paint such a vivid picture at a baseball game in uh, the listeners' minds so that they stay with you that I find that challenge to be very rewarding. I listened to more baseball growing up than any other sport. I'm a big Cincinnati Reds fan, and uh, they had a play-by-play -play announcer, Marty Brenneman, that was their guy for 40 years. And I listened to probably 150 of their 162 games every year for a decade. And so I, I love what a baseball broadcast sounds like and the challenge to, to do a good one. And then football at OU is a monster. Not just the team, but the broadcast. We are on the air for seven or eight hours. We've got five different people on live mics on our broadcast at once. We've got 
hundreds of thousands of people listening to us. And so it's impossible not to get caught up in everything that is big and exciting about an OU football broadcast. There's just, it's just special, you know? So that's, I'm sorry I didn't pick one definitively, but I find myself when I move from season to season being excited. All right, now it's basketball season and it's time to go fast, see it, say it. All right, now it's baseball season. It's time to dial it back and become a painter and see if I can paint a canvas that people are listening to. And then we all get excited about football season. So I love them all. So out of the three sports you call, what is the favorite game you've called in each sport? Good question. Um, For basketball, I would say it's the Elite Eight game against Oregon when Buddy Heald was on our team. There's so many great memories from that season. But that game in particular, if you remember, Kobe Bryant was in the stands. And uh, mm-hmm. Buddy was such a huge Kobe fan. And it was so special for him to get to play in front of Kobe. And then he just went off. Buddy just went off. And he hit like a 30-foot three right before halftime. And he turned and smiled mm-hmm. at Kobe. And Kobe pointed at him. And Kobe was sitting right behind us. That game was, and they played just dominant, and it was just a special night. Uh, well, there's a lot to choose from. I, the, the comeback at Baylor with Jalen Hurts was a crazy night, but I yeah. think maybe my favorite game was very early on in my career when OU beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Such big underdogs that night, and they played – great and surprised everybody and I felt like maybe that was the first time that kind of I felt comfortable in the in the job and maybe Sooner Nation kind of felt comfortable with me because there was a lot of highlights that got replayed from that game and and it went well rarely after a game am I happy when I hear the highlights back but that night I remember thinking you know what that sounded pretty good so I have some really fond memories of of that night in New Orleans when Oklahoma beat Alabama. And then with baseball, you know, it'd have to be this year. Uh, it was such a dream yeah. to get to go to Omaha. So any of those games along the way, they had the late comeback against Florida. Uh, the super regional finale went over Virginia Tech that put them in the College World Series. Then they stomped Texas A&M a couple of times in Omaha. That was really fun. And, so I don't know which one I'd, I'd pick there, but, you know, it might be the – I'll pick one for the sake of picking one. In the regional championship, they played Florida, and there was a rain delay. And OU was ahead. We had like a five-hour rain delay. As soon as it's over, Florida takes the lead in the seventh inning, and you thought, well, it was fun while it lasted, but it, it's not going to happen. And then Peyton Graham hits a home run. And they and to tie it, and then they take the lead and they win. That was a, a day that was like it felt like it was ten hours, twelve hours long because when the broadcast started till it ended, we were at the ballpark forever. And for them to to go in there and win, that was that was cool. Hey, hey Toby. So I mean, when the game's on TV and we're watching it, a lot of times we will put we'll try to sync it up with the radio broadcast. Thank you. Depending on who the announcers are, <laughs> but uh, but. 
So how do you, and this is something we've talked to these guys about, how do you balance as far as your emotion during a call? I'm going to just throw the Kansas basketball game out last week. Something like that, when you're watching something that's just, you know, either be referee, fouls, what, how do you control your emotion, you know, during the call to not let it get the best of you? Uh, to me, that just seems like a very hard thing to do. I don't know that I always do it well. I think that that is something that uh, I still strive to be better at. I think that um, uh, a fine line, and this is what you're talking about, with being excited and providing excitement or, uh, you know, the hometown broadcast, if you will, and not being a homer. And so mm-hmm. I think that you've got to, one, you've got to always be honest with the listeners and viewers, which means if you never admit that you got a break, then people aren't going to believe you when you say you didn't get a break. So if I am constantly complaining about the referees and that they're always making bad calls, why would you ever believe me? But if I also tell you got a break there, I think that was a call that went in our favor that shouldn't have. People know I'll tell them that. Then they're more likely to believe me if I say, I honestly think, oh, you got a bad call here. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, I think that that just comes with experience. You know, it's really possible the first time you're in Fog Allen Fieldhouse with 16,000 people <laughs> and that noise just is echoing in your soul to not get caught up in it you know you want to scream through the microphone you're excited when it's two nothing it's it's hard to calm down but the next year you've been there once and the next year you've been there twice and this is year 12 now so i kind of i know what to expect and i'm a i'm just i think there's nothing what's the old malcolm gladwell uh, what's he say? You got to have 10,000 hours in anything to be a, an expert at it. I think that's true for bro- broadcasting. You go through enough big games and big moments and big settings. Your heart rate just gets a little more used to it. And you're able to calm down, think clearly, broadcast slowly and, and deliver, you know, let the excitement itself come through the radio not feel like you have to provide the excitement with your voice. Just describe what you're seeing. They can hear and feel everything coming through the radio. Yeah, Toby, I saw your tweet today that it's officially one month away from OU baseball season, and OU lost 11 guys nation-leading to the draft this season. What are your expectations for OU baseball? Uh, You know, that's, it's going to be a really interesting team. I, I That's true. They lost a ton. But they also have some very key pieces back, especially speed-wise from that team. Spikerman's back. Nicholas is back. Uh, several guys are back that were uh, pivotal parts of that team. And they also brought in maybe, well, one of the top transfer classes in the country. So – not just freshman talent, it was good. Incoming recruiting class was good, but transfer talent that can help them right away. And so I think they're, I think they're really good. You never 
baseball, you got to be patient to let itself, you know, figure out who deserves to be where in the lineup, who deserves to be where in the rotation, um, who's a starter, who's a bullpen guy, who's a back of the bullpen guy and a middle reliever. Everybody wants you to be great in game one, and there's 56-game regular season. And if you watched last year, OU was not great until, I mean, maybe game 50. You know, they were they were pretty good until the end of the year, and then they got really good. So that's not easy. Patience is not easy for me or fans or anybody, but I think that I like the pieces. Everybody wants to pitch for Skip now because he keeps putting guys in the top five rounds of the draft. So they got a lot of good arms. They got an exciting lineup. Everybody believes in what Reggie Willits is doing now, running that offense after last year. I think there's a lot to like about this team, but I'm intrigued, like I'm sure you are, to see how does it fit. I don't know how much power they have. They lost a lot of pop from last year's squad. They brought in Bryce Madron, who was a, a JUCO player of the year last year. I think he'll give them some home runs, but I just don't know. I, maybe maybe this is a year where Jackson Nicholas, instead of hitting eight, hits 15. Maybe some other guys start to show a little power. That's the one question mark I have is, do they have a lot of any, do they have a lot of power in this lineup? I don't know, but I know they can run They're really, really fast. Hey, Toby, uh, what is, what, what's uh, kind of your hobbies outside of, uh, I don't want to say calling sports as a hobby, but the way you describe it and just, it does sound like it's just a great thing that, a hobby that you had growing up, a dream you had, but outside of OU football, OU sports in general, uh, what would, what is your hobby that, that you like to do? You mentioned golf earlier. Is that something you try to do yeah, a lot of? Really, uh, golf is it. Golf and, and travel. My wife and I like to travel and our family likes to, to try to go to different places. But I, I like to play golf. I have two boys that are in their early 20s. They both love to golf. I have a daughter who's on the high school golf team. So we like to play golf. And so as much as possible in the downtime, we'll try to get to the course and get in nine or 18 holes. Other than that, I'm pretty boring. I mean, I'll throw some uh, some chicken or steaks on the grill out back and watch a sunset and find a good ball game. And so it is uh, it is enjoyable for me to get to watch games that I'm not calling, that, that you know, Always, I got to figure out how to say this right. I enjoy every game I get to call, but I don't enjoy it like a fan enjoys it. I'm working, you know. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to execute the job the right way. So a lot of times I'll come home after an OU win. Like for example, a basketball team beat West Virginia on Saturday. I came home, and that night I watched the game again, and. My wife will often say to me, weren't you just at that game? And I'll say, yeah, but I want to enjoy it now. I want to go back and, and watch it like a fan watched it and enjoy it. I won't do that if we lose. I don't want to watch a loss again. But sometimes I'll do that after a win. So it, whether it's the Thunder or my Reds or tonight, there's other Big 12 games that are on. I enjoyed sitting down like a fan and grabbing a Dr. Pepper and kicking back and watching some basketball. 
Yeah, you, you talked about basketball and there's Big 12 games on tonight. Have you ever seen a, like a conference that's as tough and deep as the Big 12? I mean, every time OU goes out, like it's a tough game. No, it's crazy. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen one where we've had we've had a lot of good twelves in recent years. You know, growing up for me, it was the ACC and the Duke, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, Wake Forest. Those teams it seemed like night in and night out were just killing each other. But I don't remember a league where the tenth place team was this good. And I don't know who the tip place team is, mm-hmm. but usually you look at that schedule <laughs> and you say, well, here's a, you know, we should win this one. We should win these two. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you can count on beating this year, you know? And so like that West Virginia team that Oklahoma beat Saturday is 0-5 in league play. They beat Pitt at Pitt by 30. Pitt is in second place in the ACC mm-hmm. right now. They beat Florida by like 35, something like that. The Florida team that we saw out in Charlotte in the Jumpman Invitational had a tussle with. That team is 0-5 in the Big 12 and at one point was ranked in the top 10 in the country. Baylor started 0-3 and they were number one in the nation at one point this year. So I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a year where they're just Maybe I'll change my tune in three weeks and say, okay, definitely this team is at the bottom of this conference. Right now, I just don't see a bottom team. They're all good. So does 7-11 and 11 get get teams in the tournament this year, you think, or is it? Yeah, you know, maybe. Um, I would feel a lot better about 8-10. and 10. Uh, 7 yeah. and 11 maybe if you could get that Alabama win. That's going to be really tough. But they were seven and eleven last year and didn't get in, and and had a right. really good finish. You know they beat Baylor in the Big Twelve tournament, and, and it wasn't good enough. So I don't think I don't think that's the number to shoot for anyway. I think to feel good on uh, Selection Sunday, if you get to eight, I think you're in this league. That probably gets you into fifth place maybe sixth at worst, and there'll be easily six teams in the tournament from the Big 12, probably more like seven or eight. Favorite Red of all time. Now, I'm a Royal fan, Toby, so uh, my my brother and I are Royal fans, uh, but growing up, Chris Sabo was my favorite Red. I love Chris Sabo, number 17, but who's your favorite Red growing up watching? Chris Sabo had the goggles. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. My, the reason we are Reds fans in my family is because of Johnny Bench. Uh, Johnny Bench from Binger, Oklahoma. That's why my dad chose to be a Reds fan, to, to root for him. I'm a Reds fan because my dad was a Reds fan. So Johnny Bench is, is the answer. However, the 1990 team that won it all with Chris Sabo on it, Barry Larkin, Eric Davis, uh, on and on that probably Larkin or Eric Davis in, in, I watched a little of Johnny bench, but not in his prime, but that 1990 team, I'm in high school. We live up in Indiana. We're going to tons of games. I, I loved everything about Eric Davis and Barry Larkin in those days. Yeah. Is that why you're a Colts yeah. fan is because you live yeah, in my, Indiana? So my dad's a pastor okay. we, we, I grew up in Mustang. 
Hmm. In eighth grade, he took a church in Newcastle, Indiana, which is between Indianapolis and the Ohio border. And that worked out well because we were already Reds fans. So we would go to a ton of Reds games every year. But we also started going to a lot of Pacers and Colts games when we lived up there as well. You know, we, we, we weren't around professional sports in Oklahoma City growing up. So it was really exciting to get to go to NBA and NFL games and stuff. So, yeah, I was a Colts, Pacers, and Reds fan. And now since the Thunder came to Oklahoma City, I don't – really follow the Pacers much anymore, except for Buddy, you know, to see what he's doing. Buddy, but yeah. I'm a I'm a Thunder fan now. Yeah, um, tomorrow night, OU plays uh, Oklahoma State, and it would be a huge win if OU could win it. Like, how do you think tomorrow night's game will go? Do you think they can win the yeah, game? Yeah, they can. Um, anytime you can get a road win in this league, it's extremely valuable. This is a winnable game. Uh, it won't be easy. I'm sure there'll be a, an underdog. Uh, I don't know the status of Musa Cisse at OSU. Their big man has a, an ankle, and he did not play against Baylor on Saturday. He's questionable for this game, and he makes their defense a lot better. He blocks shots and catches lobs and everything. So uh, I don't know about that. But OSU is – a bit. Most prognosticators have them on the outside of the tournament right now, and they're desperate. And so anytime the, the Crimson shows up, they want to beat us anyway in any sport, but they really need this one. OSU really needs this one. So they're going to be they're going to be tough. Oklahoma needs it too, though. But yeah, this is a mm-hmm. listen, they probably should have beat Kansas at Kansas. So no place that this team can't go and win. Now, they won't win them all, but they should know if we can go toe-to-toe with Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse, we can win anywhere. They went to Lubbock and won. This is a winnable road game, so it would be a big one if they could get it. Yeah, what, what would you say the biggest key is for tomorrow night for OU to win you know, the game? Groves, brother, back. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> I, I always think with it, especially in Stillwater, Oklahoma State loves to get out and get easy points on the break. They, they love to run. If you can make them play half-court basketball, I apologize. People keep calling me during this, so I apologize for that. You're good. If you can make OSU play half-court basketball, I'm not sure that they have enough offense. It's going to be tough for them anyway. They really rely on getting in the open floor, fast break, get the crowd involved. And so does Kansas, by the way. And OU did a great job in Lawrence of limiting Kansas in that regard. I think Kansas had six fast break points in that game. So just make them work half-court offense to score on you. If Oklahoma does that, I like their chances. Uh Toby, so one of these days, maybe the Big 12 football schedule will come out for next year. <laughs> when it does, is there is there a team or two that you're looking forward to going, meaning that, you know, the Big 12 maybe one more year, is there a, a road trip that you're really looking forward to? So I would, of the new teams, I assume you're talking about, mm-hmm. I would rank yeah. them like this. Uh, 
you won. I have heard Provo, Utah's beautiful. And so that would be cool. I'd love to go call a game in Provo. I would rank Cincinnati two for reasons I've already mentioned. I love the city of Cincinnati. I love Skyline Chili. Um, it would be fun to go to Cincinnati. I've been there before, but I like the city, so that'd be nice. I'd rank Orlando three. I've seen their stadium before. I don't love the city of Orlando necessarily, but their stadium's pretty cool. They call it the bounce house there. And so I would I would definitely rank Houston four. So somebody's got to be three. So I'll put UCF at three. And I have no desire to go to Houston ever again in my life for any reason if I can avoid it, but certainly not to uh, go play football next year, which means I'm sure we're going to Houston. <laughs> so I'm sure you've heard the rumors of are you going to the SEC by 2024. Where's one place you would like to call a game in the SEC? That's one of the things I'm most excited about is, and I'm sure you guys agree, I think all the fans are excited about new road trips, new stadiums, new fan bases coming to Norman. Uh, these stadiums we've seen our whole life on TV getting to call a game in there or watch a game in there is going to be super cool. Had an opportunity at that baseball regional we were talking about to tour the swamp down in Gainesville. That's going to be cool when we play there. I think that there's a lot of them I'm excited about. Uh, I loved Neyland Stadium in Knoxville when we were there a few years ago. Very much looking forward to going back there. And if we hadn't already been there, that might have been number one on my list. But I'm really looking forward to Death Valley. I'm really looking forward to hopefully we get a night game at LSU and just to experience that environment as hostile as I'm sure it is. Um, and Tuscaloosa, you know, I haven't been to Tuscaloosa. I'm not excited about Auburn. That's the one I'm not because they took the radio broadcast booth in the end zone at Auburn. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, when we played Auburn in basketball last year, I toured that stadium too. And uh, I'm having nightmares about where I have to call a game from in that stadium. But all of them, you know, I mean, uh, it's a whole new world. Even like, even Vanderbilt, it's in Nashville. Nashville's a cool town, man. So I guess Missouri be at the bottom of my list, but all the rest of them are, are going to be a lot of fun. Hey, yeah, Toby, for these guys that are going into broadcasting, uh, what's your advice and maybe an area that really, at, you know, Hunter's a senior, uh, one's a junior, and, you know, Hunter's already been accepted here to OU, but what would, what would your advice be to these guys on something they can focus on or really try to hone in on? The number one thing I think you can do is to be a good writer, to enjoy – writing because no matter where you land in journalism you're gonna have to be a good writer to succeed even if it's a job like mine a lot of my job whether it's a scene setter or an intro to a broadcast is trying to write creatively um at channel nine a tremendous amount of my job there was writing. Certainly if you're in the newspaper business or magazine or, or whatever the case may be, if you don't love 
have a hard time loving your job. So as best you can, embrace writing and try to get as good at it as you can. Creative and good at writing as you possibly can. The other thing I would say is um, this is a great time to get into this field because when I was coming through college, the Internet didn't exist. And the only place for games to be broadcast was on radio. And not all schools had radio broadcast. I went to a, a small, I went to Southern Nazarene University in Bethany. And they were fortunate enough to have a radio station that broadcasted their games. Um, but not everyone did. Certainly not all high schools did. Now everybody does. Because of the internet, everybody can and almost everybody does put out broadcasts, streaming broadcasts of their sporting events. And it's not just football and basketball. It's baseball and wrestling and softball and on and on and on. So there are so many more opportunities now to, one, get a job, or and two, work on your craft to get reps. You know, maybe you're doing a, a junior high basketball game, and that's not your dream. But you got to get those reps in. And so it's a great time to get into this field because of the uh, explosive expansion of how many schools, universities, high schools, everybody who's wanting to broadcast their games now on the Internet. I, I need to show this to my English class. Of what you just said about writing. I may They're have to show like that it. tomorrow. They're not going to like it. I can tell. I was seeing their faces. They didn't like that advice. But I'm telling you, that separates people. When when uh, bosses are looking at applications, you know, they want to know what you look like, what you sound like, all that kind of stuff. But they also want to know how good of a writer that you are. And if you're a good writer and, and you're up against somebody who can't put a sentence together, you're getting the job. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I've heard a lot of going. I go to sports broadcasting camps in Dallas, and all the guest speakers there are writing, writing, writing. And so that's good to hear, and I'm already getting into it. But uh, you've had many legendary calls, like especially in football. What's your favorite individual call of an individual play you've had? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know that I like uh, very many of them, so that's probably a better answer for question for you to answer I, i'd say I, i'll pick one for you um mostly i cringe when i, when I hear them back I, I i turn the channel or i cringe because i'm just so scared that i messed it up or i wish i had said this or whatever but there was one time and it was in that buddy healed ncaa tournament run i think it was their second round game against vcu and they were uh, in Oklahoma City. And yep. I watched Dancing with the Stars. I've probably seen two episodes in my life. And one of them was the night before that game. And I think my wife had it on and I sat down. And anyway, I don't know why, but I had in my brain all these different dances that, you know, the cha-cha the Charleston <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. So Buddy, the next day, Buddy goes off against VCU, and you'd have to find the call to know exactly what I said. But I, Buddy goes off, opponent calls a timeout. I went into this 
sometimes you just kind of leave your body and you don't know what you say. <laughs> and I went into this thing about how much Buddy loves to dance and the big dance and he loves the cha-cha and he loves the Charleston. And I start rattling off all these dances. I don't dance. If I hadn't watched Dancing with the Stars the night before, I wouldn't know the names of any of those. But it worked out, and it got it got picked up and replayed around on CBS some and stuff. So that's one of them. When I hear it back, I giggle a little bit because I'm like, "How do you? You don't know anything about dances." That just that was a funny coincidence that day. That's awesome. Before we close, and again, thank you so much, Toby, for being on here. I want to ask one question about. Uh, you know, Patty Gasso is, you know, very bold in her faith. Your dad is a pastor. Brent Venables has been, you know, unashamedly. We here we're we're Christ followers. Just maybe talk about the culture there because it does seem like Oklahoma with some coaches they have there is very, you know, in on that. And I just didn't know maybe from your perspective on that. And you grew up, you know, dad is a pastor and things like that. I think that, you know, this is the Bible Belt. I don't think that necessarily Joe Castiglione has gone out and actively sought to hire Christians, but I do think that he has gone out and actively sought to hire good people. I know that. And a lot of times those two things line up. And so you're right. We do have a lot of good people working in our athletic department at the University of Oklahoma. Some of them are head coaches and you know their names and a lot of them you don't know their names because they work behind the scenes. And um, it's encouraging in a secular job, which is what I have, to be surrounded by uh, as many Christians and good people as I am. Uh, I think that, um, you know, my father was a minister, is. Both of my grandfathers were preachers. Uh, three of my uncles were preachers. One of them was a music minister. I'm the black sheep in the family, okay, because I went into sports <laughs> broadcasting. But I've been surrounded by it and believe in it. And I think that, um, you know, for me, the best example of being Christ-like in my life was my dad. And it wasn't because he preached at me. It was just watching him and watching how he interacted with people and, and displayed Christ to people. And so that's what I try to do. I'm not necessarily in a job where I can go out and and, and preach on the air or, uh, you know, I got to be careful because it's a state job sometimes. But I can go out and live my life in a way, try to, that when other people watch, they can tell the difference. And so, and, and I got a lot, I'm fortunate enough to have a platform where a lot of people are watching. So that's what I try to do. And... Um, hopefully I'm successful some, I'm certainly not all the time, but, um, that's a good observation on your part. We do have, we do have a lot of really good people and certainly Brent Venables and the attitude he has brought to the football program and, um, a lot of faith-based messages that he has and the soul mission and everything. I think it speaks to people, you know, I think it, it speaks to fans. It speaks to recruits. I can tell a difference over there. And so it's been really refreshing. Awesome. Well, Toby, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to uh, sit down and talk with us for a little while. So 
Thanks again. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Appreciate if you ever need it, anything, give me a shout, okay? I appreciate right. it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. See you.